Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! Hello, everyone. Welcome to this latest edition of Claws to the Wall here on KTSW. We are back after a long, long weekend Easter break. I hope everybody had a wonderful, wonderful Easter. I'm your host, Kobe Jackson. With me is my two wonderful co-hosts, Paxton Graff and J.P. Flanagan. Got a good one here. This this episode, we're going to be digging into some local sports for Texas State as they both have primetime matchups against the very popular UT University of Texas Longhorns and also the NBA playing tournament is officially set for the NBA as the playoffs are approaching. And possibly, if we have time, a little bit of NFL draft previews as the NFL draft is going to be coming up in the next two weeks. So, you know, if we have time, we'll probably get to that. But first first off, guys, how you guys doing? Doing all right? Doing all right? Yeah, it's been, a, been an interesting week. But, yeah, definitely been good so far. Um, you know, I'm curious to see how the Bobcats will face against Longhorns tonight after last night's defeat. Yeah, yeah I mean, this was a week that we had circled for a really long time, you know, seeing UT on the schedule. So, I mean, it's been a big one coming up for quite a while. So that's the first transition we're going to have in this in this op- opening segment of Close to the Wall. Texas State baseball played the first game of a two-game series between, for, against the Texas Longhorns on Monday. As of this recording, it was last night against... Uh, the Longhorns, it was a sold-out crowd, the biggest crowd in Texas State baseball history. Over 3,400 people attended at the game. It was so packed. The, the, seeing the game, because I was in the studio producing, the fans that were on that were at the game, so there obviously there's the, tra- the caboose of the train, but also the softball field also kind of got some action. As people were in the softball stands uh, looking across from the baseball field, so that just go kind of tells you the story of how how crowded it was at the game. Even the even the bullpen was was pretty crowded as well as people were kind of sitting kind of in the bullpen area close to left field. So it was a pretty packed house. Unfortunately, the Bobcats came up just short as the final score was 5-2. to two. And, I mean, the one thing you could really say about this game, because I've watched it while I was you know producing the game, is that the Bobcat batting lineup just could not get anything going. Everything was kind of falling into place. Peyton Zabel was the starting pitcher for this game. And unfortunately he only went three and one third innings in the whole game. And then obviously Nathan Madrano and then Nathan Madrano came in the game and tried to get something going. A lot of pitchers were being used. Uh, Matt McCafferty, Jonathan Martinez and Reese, uh, Reese good. were all pitching for tonight's game. But I mean, the bill story here was Kobe McKinney who pitched an outstanding game it for the Longhorns and he only gave up he actually didn't give up any runs uh throughout the game so I mean just looking back on this game the Bobcats batting lineup really honestly just could not get anything luckily I mean gladly they had two runs scored on their end but I mean just the start of the game the Bobcats were just were just really ice cold on the batting lineup yeah I mean you highlighted multiple things there that I mean we kind of talked about in Bobcat radio as well I mean this team is consistently inconsistent when it comes to hitting, and that's something that you know has been like a forefront for this team. Something that you could you really count on and be to be the strong suit of this team. And then the weak point has been pitching, and I mean, Coach Shaw hasn't been able to find any really consistency out of Eli, uh, or Levi Wells. So I mean, really going to have to find some consistency on the pitching mound because ideally you're not going to go through four pitchers, 
you know, in six innings of play against a UT Longhorns team where, you know, you're going to really have to have someone who hones in on this team and, you know, gives them a fit. And really last night, no fits um, were given to the Longhorns. You know, they just had an easy walk there. Um, I mean, uh, their pitching end is just way more stout than the Bobcats pitching end. And that's something that, you know, you can't really fix in one night, but mm-hmm. it's something that you can, you know, look at and say, okay, that's an area we can, you know, make some sort of improvement in one night if if you get the right pitcher on the mound. But yeah, I mean, you highlighted some things there. I mean, inconsistency on the batting end, and then really just, you know, finding anything on the pitching mound, um, to, you know, get you through the first six innings. Yeah, and honestly, just looking at the batting lineup that the Bobcats had last night, they decided to put Chase Moore as the leadoff hitter for the Bobcats team. Normally, he's either batting either fifth or sixth, so that was kind of an interesting, surprising move for Coach Stephen Trout as he tried to possibly make some magic uh, with this Bobcat lineup. Also, Jose Gonzalez batting fourth last night and went 0 for 2 last night, so the big powerhouse hitter on this Bobcat team was hitless last night alongside with Dalen Pena and August Ramirez as well, Peyton Lewis as well, so, I mean, that's kind of... I guess you could say that's kind of maybe where the downfall was for this Bobcat, Bobcats lineup. I mean, but under that top of the lineup, Chase Moore, Ben McLean, and Davis Powell were all all got a base hit in the game. So, but there's been there was a lot of times where the Bobcats have left run stranded uh, on base, and you know, unfortunately, they just could not get any production out of that. But they do have another chance to possibly take victory against this long this longer team as as they will be traveling to Austin tonight. So, but just looking at tonight, I think coach, if you're Coach Stephen Child, I think you're just telling you guys, hey, we still have another chance to beat this team, and then after that, we move on to another conference opponent in Marshall. So, I think if you're Stephen Child, you're probably just telling you guys, hey, let's just take care of business tonight. Whatever happens, happens. We'll learn from it, and we'll, you know, just move on. Yeah, I mean, in last night's game was good preparation for what the crowd will be like in Austin. I mean, Texas State set a record crowd at 3,425 um, members of the community getting to, out to the game. I mean, this is something I'd like to see Texas State get to continue more of, you know, not just the you know big in-state rivals. But, I mean, good game all in all. I mean, you can't really expect, you know, a team to, you know, just beat every ranked opponent. And, I mean, oh, we got lucky that the TCU game fell in favor <laughs> of Texas State and it just didn't fall this way this time. But if we know anything from last year, uh, anything can happen, and hopefully that, you know, history repeats itself and the Bobcats can steal one in Austin. Yeah, absolutely. So you'll have another chance to catch UT versus Texas State as they will be playing in Austin, Texas at Dish Falk Field. It will be around 6.30 first pitch. We will have pregame coverage for you roughly around possibly 6.15, as Clint Shields and Bill Shoning will be on the call for that this evening. But now we're going to take a transition into some Texas State softball. Softball, who I know we really didn't talk a lot about this uh, this past week, as they were taking on the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. And unfortunately, they couldn't get the full sweep, but a sweep nonetheless, as they went 2-0 in the Sun Belt Conference rivals Southern Miss this weekend. First game was going to be on Thursday, April 6th. But unfortunately, that game was canceled due to inclimactic weather with the rain and the cold, and nobody just wanted to be out there. And honestly, I don't blame them because that's a recipe for sickness and a recipe for disaster. However, they did pick right back up on Saturday. They decided to play doubleheader Saturday, April 8th. First game was final score 4-3 to three for the Bobcats, and then the final game that Saturday afternoon was a final score of 4-2. So Bobcats get the sweep against the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. That improves their record to 25-14-1 and and then a conference record of 6-4-1. and But also their home record increases a lot. They're 15-9 and at home, and then they're 5-2-1 and 
on the road. So, I mean, looking at the softball team, a very good momentum momentum streak for the softball team. Sarah Vanderford still leading in the teams in home runs as well. Hannah Earl is also, I believe, leading the team in hits now with that uh, with the game she had on Saturday. So, I mean, the softball team's really starting to, you know, get their stuff together. Like I said, I know the one game that they were supposed to play but unfortunately got canceled was, I guess you could say, maybe a little bit of a relief, but also – a uh, little bit of a blessing for the softball team as they kind of get some extra rest. But I mean, now they now now that they did, uh, they get a chance. They got a chance to play some of the Miss Golden Eagles, and obviously they capitalized on it. Yeah, I mean, uh, this was a wins that you felt like this team really needed to get together. You know, this was a team that uh, Southern Miss team that didn't really get to show anything in conference so far. I think they have had, uh, they've dropped eleven straight conference games, and then they were able to sneak a win against Nickel State. So I mean, this was a team that. You know, not necessarily in their best form right now, and it was a, a team that if Texas State didn't win, you would really be having concerns about you know what this lineup is doing. Um, but luckily, able to uh, get two wins there, and you know, quality wins to prepare yourself for you know a UT team that's ranked number eight in the country, and you're really playing their best softball right now. I mean, aside, I think you mentioned that they lost a, a one to Kansas State recently or something like that. So I mean, hopefully we get them on the right day, but. Yeah, I mean, a Texas State team able to, you know, cross South, Southern Miss off their map and, you know, get two wins is very um, impressive at this point. Yeah, and absolutely. And the one thing uh, you didn't know is that they will be playing UT Longs. But for first, they got to play Sam Houston. Uh, Sam Houston. Uh, that game will be actually tonight at Bobcat Softball, Compl- uh, Softball Stadium. And then right after that will be against UT on Wednesday. I'll be on the call for that one. But just kind of previewing that matchup, you know, Texas State or UT Longhorns are coming off a very tough series, actually two conference series. First series was against the Oklahoma Sooners, where they've lost all three of their games, the complete sh- uh, sweep for the for the number one team in the country in softball. And then obviously uh, they rebounded back uh, this past weekend against Iowa State, and they completely swept Iowa State, not only allowing two runs in the whole series. So. I think if you're the Longhorns, you're just saying, hey, we're on a good roll now. You know, we got, you know, wins under our belt. Let's, you know, kind of try to carry it over to Texas State. And let me remind you, Texas in softball is currently the number eight, uh, number eight ranked team in the country right now. So I think if uh, if you're the, the Bobcats, I think you you realize that. But at the same time, you treat it as another game. You don't let your kind of emotions get to you and try to you know, possibly pick up this win. This will be the second time these two have played because the last time these two played was in the Bevo Classic tournament where the Bobcats went two or two, two or two on the in the tournament as they uh, lost to Wisconsin and obviously beat two top ranked teams in Alabama and of course the Texas Longhorns. So, I mean, I think if you're Ricky uh, head coach, Ricky Woodard, you're just telling, you know, your ladies, hey, you know, we're got we're facing them again. You know, let's try to do what we did when we first played them and just try to possibly get another win against them. Yeah, I mean, I, correction to what I had said earlier about the Kansas State, uh, this softball, this Texas softball team has actually gotten to win uh, three games in a row in Ames um, and were outscored their opponents, uh, what is it, 25-2. to two. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a team that's red hot right now, and I think they really were wanting to prove something because they lost Oklahoma three times in Oklahoma, so very embarrassing for them to, you know, drop three to a, a rival of that magnitude. So, I mean, this is a Texas team that's ready to play a Texas State team, and it's really what Texas State team's going to show up because, as you mentioned, this Texas State team is able to win under the lights. I mean, beating an Alabama team that was ranked at one point and then, of course, beating that Texas team. And I really think, you know, Texas probably has been looking at this one. It's like, oh, yeah. well, we let, you know, the rival down the road beat us, you know, time to, you know, make redemption at their home field because, 
that they showed this weekend is they're able to you know win on the road so it'll be a great matchup hopefully you know uh, texas state has a you know a, a plan in action and that they can take advantage yeah so i mean it's kind of longhorns across the board here uh, this week as baseball tries to baseball uh, playing last night and then playing tonight and then softball playing ut the following day i mean you really couldn't ask for a better week of baseball and softball than this week but softball's next game like i alluded to earlier is going to be against sam houston tonight in san marcus at bobcat softball complex and tomorrow at the time of this recording tomorrow's game against the number eight number eighth ranked team in texas that game will also be here in San Marcos as well. I'll be on the call for that one here on KTSW 899. And then their weekend conference series matchup will be against Louisiana, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns as they'll travel to Louisiana to battle against the Louisiana Raging Cajuns for another conference series weekend. But that's going to do it for us for local and Texas state sports. So now we're going to dig into some national sports and we're going to start off with the NBA, as officially the playing tournament is officially set for the NBA. But first, uh, Paxton, I know, uh, I know it's been really uh, tough for you these past few days, as uh, your Dallas Mavericks, who was once the number six seed in the West, has now dropped off and have now missed the playoffs after being in the conversation. And I just, I gotta ask you, man, how are you, how are you feeling right now? Uh, I mean, obviously, pretty disappointed. Uh, not as disappointed as Spur or Rocket fans, though. Oh man! And you but know, why do you why do you gotta bring that up? Why do you gotta bring that up? Why? Uh, I have to. It's it's that interstate rival. Uh, <laughs> now, granted, y'all are greater chance at getting uh, Victor uh, Winbinyama. Um, so, I mean, unless, ju- unless Justin much. has something to say about that. Yeah, we we should get him on the phone right now so that way he can <laughs> state his opinions. But uh, as far as the Mavericks go, obviously a, a very disappointing season, uh, especially after last season. Um, you know, Luca still had a fantastic season, though. Oh, 100%. Uh, I know that he's not going to win the MVP, but he, he should be in the top five, I believe, in the MVP. MVP, MVP race, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know everybody's looking to point the blame somewhere. Um, whether it's the management, whether it's the the coaching, whether it's the player, uh, everybody's trying to point the blame, and that's that's always the situation when you have a season like we had this season. And I can't really tell you what the who is to blame. I guess you can say. Uh, I will say the whole let's bench our key players with two games to go, even though we still have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, that didn't really make sense. Now, ultimately, <laughs> um, you know, it wouldn't have mattered because the Thunder won their last two games. The Timberwolves won their last two yep. games. So yep. it wouldn't have mattered even if we won those games. But still, I mean, you have a shot at making the playoffs. Yeah, let's get rid of our quite literally our best players. Let's just bench them. It's like, what was the point of that? Because mm-hmm. if it's because you don't want them to get injured, they have a whole offseason that they're about to face where okay. they can rest. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, get, get that little two-game stretch worth out of them. Um, if it's because of the drafts, I mean, it didn't really help you that much. I mean, you <laughs> might have increased maybe two slots, but yeah. that was it. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know who's to blame. I don't think it's the players, honestly. I think everybody automatically goes and blames Kyrie because ever since he came to us, we started losing more, and everybody tends to blame Kyrie. You can't really blame you him. You can't. For that. I was looking at him. 
he had the best 20 game stretch with us than he has since the Cleveland days. He he played <laughs> phenomenal as far as points per game, rebounds he was slacking a little bit, assists per game he was pretty good as well. So he was the greatest second man you can have behind Luca. I think it ultimately comes down to Jason Kidd. So even better than when he was playing in Boston as well. We don't we don't speak of Boston Kyrie. <laughs> I don't think Boston <laughs> speaks of Boston Kyrie. They hated him. Um, but, you know, I'm not trying to uh, point the blame on Jason Kidd fully, but I think it does come down to him because when I'm looking at it, you have great players on your team. I don't think it's the player's fault. No, uh, no. Management has been around for two seasons now. This mm-hmm. is the second season. Last year, he took them to the first conference finals since 2011. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think it's management yet. I think it might be a little bit of Jason Kidd because we've seen this before with the Milwaukee Bucks. He struggled yeah. with them. Yeah, I, I, mean, I know you don't want to put the blame on him directly, but yeah. I, I think it's definitely just Jason Kidd. It's it's roots from him. At this team doesn't like to play defense. The team really isn't built to a standard at, at really to, for the playoffs at this point. I mean, you know, that's a, a based opinion there. But, um, I mean, if you have two of the best players in the world on your team, you're going to have to do something. You can't just put the ball in their hands and expect them to, you know, make magic happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Jason Kidd's, you know, been trying to do. You know, he just put the ball in his star's hand and try to make something happen. And, you know, in this league, you can have the best players and still not make the playoffs is what we've just seen. 100%. So uh, we're going to need, you know, him to step up. And, I mean, he's just really not like, and I try to think about it sometimes like top five, top 10 coaches. I really can't even put him in that list. Like what no. has he achieved no. to put be even in that conversation? As and, a player, yeah. but And, and if we want to use like, um, you know, the best of Luca's abilities, you're going to need to, you know, pair him with a coach like that who can put him in the situations to succeed. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, in my opinion, this guy is one of the few guys in our league who can, you know, make a goat case if the right circumstances happen. So, I mean, yeah, I, I know you don't want to point the it directly at Jason Kidd, but, I mean, he's done nothing, in my opinion, that has, you know, said, like, this is going in the right direction, not even in the Milwaukee days when they basically said, you can't do anything with the honest. It's, mm-hmm. it's time to go. So, I mean, I, I think it's definitely roots from Jason Kidd and not, not Kyrie Irving. Well, I mean, if you – I think – I want to say Jason Kidd is trying to have mostly himself as a player, per se, because, like, I mean, obviously the NBA has changed a lot since Jason Kidd was even a player, let alone, you know, still kind of hanging on when he was, you know, playing for Dallas and eventually played for the New York Knicks at one point. So, I mean, I guess you could say that probably is his mindset of like, what would he do in this kind of like in this situation versus what the players that he's coaching would do in a certain situation. So I think that's kind of where maybe that's where the thin line is for him as a coach. But I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's just tough for the Dallas Maverick organization, especially for Luca, who's probably, in my opinion, he's probably going to be MVP this season, no doubt. But I know, like I said, that you know that you know, him resting and stuff for the final for the final game of the season. I mean, I guess you could yeah. say that kind of kind of yeah. tears it a little bit there. Um, I also think, and I think Justin touched on this before. I think in order to win MVP, yeah, I mean, it it definitely is most valuable player. You yeah. have to has a successful, successful team. team. Yeah, and we didn't have that one, so it kind of affects him drastically as far as that as well. But it's kind of strange because you know Nikola Jokic has had what two straight MVPs. Yeah. So I mean, but I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, his team has been successful. Right. But I mean, I think uh, I don't know because the MVP race has kind of has kind of really I wouldn't say lackluster, but kind of been more. 
favoritism is more of the word because right. like if you win MVP, like back then if you win MVP that's a big deal because like if you look at you know I'm just gonna throw out Tim Duncan, Steve Nash, Derrick Rose at one point they all earned it they absolutely you know earned the MVP now nowadays I think they just kind of focus on stats more right. specifically and they've you know obviously i mean don't get me wrong stats is great and all but I, honestly it's kind of what you do not only on the court but also off the court you know what well I, mean? I think uh you know this is uh, covering the t- same topic but uh you know heisman voting for that matter i think yeah. it's kind of resorted to the same deal and i know people are gonna think this is biased because i'm a slight ut fan but <laughs> i think ever since vince young lost it that's when it went away because Vince Young deserved that Heisman, oh, 100%, not but they gave it to Reggie who, Bush okay, because it was Reggie Bush. of the stats. He was a phenomenal guy as far as statistically, mm-hmm. but he had a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback handing him the ball every single play. Vince Young was the only player beside was... Lima Swede on <laughs> that 06 <laughs> National Championship roster. So uh, I think Vince was the ultimate, and I think that's when it started going to more of this favoritism look. Mm-hmm. Just not college football. We're yeah, talking no, no. NFL. We're talking college football. Bas- I can't talk basketball that much, but um, NBA for sure, at yeah, least. Yeah, 100%. And it's kind of it, – that is interesting that you brought that up because I never even thought about the Heisman until you just said that because I'm not going to lie to you. The high to me, the Heisman is one of the top, one of the best accolades you can ever mm-hmm. achieve in college sports. I don't care if if it's in a different sport; it's it's specifically college football. But if you notice, the majority of people that have won the Heisman has been mostly offensive players and specifically quarterbacks at yeah. the point. But we're gonna say that for another day because <laughs> we're about to, we're about to get off topic here. But but yeah, as far as the you know Luca and the Mavericks, you know tough season. We're sitting five and six in the West. Unfortunately, just did not. Unfortunately, end of their season being eliminated from the playoffs, which leads into my next point or next topic here as the NBA play in tournament is officially set. So we're just going to kind of start off here. We're going to start in the Eastern Conference as seven, eight, nine and ten spots are officially filled as the Miami Heat are number seven Hawks at eight Raptors nine and the Bulls at number ten. So we're going to go and start off with the matchup with seven and eight Miami Heat versus the Atlanta Hawks, the winner of that matchup will face the number two seeded Boston Celtics. So, I mean, to me, in my, to me, if you look at this matchup, it morally mostly favors Miami. Cause if you look at Miami's, you know, play, I wouldn't well playoff history. Miami has actually done pretty, pretty well in the playoffs. Farthest they gotten pre, I mean, recently was obviously LeBron James. Oh, actually, no, was when Jimmy Butler, when they went to the NBA finals in the little uh, NBA bubble season, bubble. <laughs> I know we talked about that previously in the in the in the previous calls to the wall episode, but I mean, I have Miami winning and, and facing Boston. Who do y'all have? I mean, I definitely have Miami winning that one. I feel like uh, more experience and you know a team that was built more for a championship. You know, really that had admirations for a championship really this whole season. I mean, ever since they you know made it a few years back, I don't think that's been a mission that's left their mind. Um, but I mean, just looking at this Eastern Conference, I mean, I noticed four 50-win teams, which makes six 50-win teams out of all um, 30 teams. And I don't know if y'all remember, the Spurs actually won 50 games in a row for 17 years. So, yep. I mean, we're realizing now <laughs> how how much better or how how uh, hard of a statistic that was to reach uh, and peak excellence for so long. Yeah, I yeah. had to interject my Spurs there for a second. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I'm a Spurs fan. As long as, as long as you don't talk about the Rockets. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Justin. I'm not Rockets, a Rockets haven't fan won a championship this century. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, and I I think I said something different when it was on uh, on 
Bobcat Radio the other day, but I think the Raptors probably deserve that second spot more. Uh, I, I think that the Hawks really just haven't made any moves, and they're they're kind of realizing now that a you know a backcourt of Trey Young and Dejounte Murray really isn't you know anything too <sighs> special. As much as I love Dejounte Murray, I do I, too. I'm not like a hater or anything, but I think the Raptors made more moves to the trade deadline to you know put themselves in you know a situation like this to get to the uh, playoffs. I think an addition of Jakob Pertl with Pascal Siakam and um, Fred Van Vliet, you know, they're they're more in place to even make the playoffs than the Hawks are. So I'm gonna say that the Raptors and the Heat find their way into the um, the playoffs, and you know that's probably the matchup that I think makes the playoffs more exciting. I mean, getting to see a Raptors team play the Bucks probably sounds a lot better than the, the Hawks just getting dominated for four games. That's right. Um, but yeah, I think and I think the best matchup for the Celtics is getting to see Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler. not mm-hmm. get swept. So that'll be pretty cool. I think that's a probably that's probably me just wanting the best games. But I mean, anything could happen. I could easily see the Hawks and Bulls making, it, and then you know I'm over too. So <laughs> I think the Miami Heat officially melts icy Trey Young in this really? first game. I think Miami Heat are just on no pun intended, not fully pun intended, <laughs> are on fire right now in the month of April. They are oh. currently four and one in the month of April. How long? Were, how long did you think of that pun before you said it? Oh, uh, this was literally right when JP was about to finish. <laughs> I I was like, this is a perfect segue into it. Uh, but I gotta go with the Heat with this one. Um, I think they have the the better offensive weapons. I think Jimmy Butler's a uh, better leader than Trey Young. No, no offense to Trey Young. I think Trey Young's a great athlete. Oh, 100%. I think Jimmy Butler has that leadership mentality that could carry him past this play in tournament, mm-hmm. potentially uh, past the first round. We won't talk about our playoff picks. No, not yet. Until not until, week, not until so the play in is set. Yeah, not until I the won't play get is into set. more details as far as that, but I, I got the heat in this one. Um, but I will briefly mention, I do like this play in tournament setup. I think it's really cool. Uh, it is interesting how. Like in this case, the seventh and eighth seed, you can lose and still somehow make the playoffs. It is yeah. interesting, but I do like how they give that last four, those last four teams a chance. A chance. To I I understand that, and for a basketball fan, for me watching basketball for such a long time, I'm used to you know whoever is the top eight is in the playoffs, and I I've always grown up with that. But I mean, I, I guess you could say I think that's a cool opportunity for teams to, you know, at least get a chance to possibly make it to the playoffs. Basically, like the NFL wild card, you know, the, them whoever's on the wild card gets a chance to possibly make a deep playoff run, and obviously that's I think that's a pretty big deal. But I mean, just going off of the East, to me, I have Miami, and then I actually have I have the Bulls being Toronto because honestly, I like the combination of you know Demar Derozan, Zach Levine, and my man Alex Caruso. So I mean, I like that little combination that they have so i have miami playing boston and then i have uh the bulls playing the bucks yeah i mean you mentioned the play intern and being a, a supporter of it i i totally am a supporter of it I, a few years back i was like thinking you know since lebron is hyping up so much how you know good teams could lose their spot i think that's the, you know the opposite i think this gives the best opportunity for like the best team at this point of the season, which is the end of the season, to get their chance. You know, let, let's take, for example, the Nets. You know, the Nets probably don't need to be in the playoffs right now. That's kind of of the work of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and, you know, mm-hmm. that team. But now they're in the playoffs. But had they fallen to seven, they could have fallen out of the playoffs completely, and that would have been more fitting for the Nets. So I, I'm totally supportive of this, you know, uh, play-in tournament. It, it keeps, you know, things interesting. It allows for the best seven and eight seed to make it, yeah. you know, at that point of the season. Because mm-hmm. imagine a player is injured or a player is out. And then their team stuck playing the first round for a sweep rather than, you know, the best team at that point in time, you know, mm-hmm. getting their groove together. So I'm a total supporter of the play in tournament. 
Well, that is going to be for the Eastern Conference. So we have our predictions for the East. Now we're going to take a transition to the West. As our set, our top, our bottom four teams are set. The Los Angeles Lakers sitting at seven, Timberwolves eight, Pelicans nine, and the Oklahoma City Thunder at number ten. Now we're going to start off with the Lakers and the Timberwolves because I know we have a lot of Laker fans on oh, man. on the staff, mm-hmm. specifically Orlando and Thomas. I'm talking about the U two. Uh, so we're going to start off with that. So the winner will play the Memphis Grizzlies. As much as I don't want the Lakers to be in it, they're probably going to win that. Not going to lie to you. Because, I mean, it's LeBron James. LeBron James has been unbelievable in the playoffs. I mean, what was it? What? Did, how many times did he make the playoffs in, in every year? What was it? Like 18, stri- like 18 straight? Uh, I believe so. It, it was it was a ridiculous stat yeah. like that. I, I know yeah, what you're he talking made, about. I want to say he's made the playoffs pretty much every year since he's been in the league, with the exception last year. Uh, yeah, of last year. And then obviously uh uh 2019 when he the 2018 2019 season when uh when unfortunately he, he got hurt. So, so I guess at least 15. 15? Yeah. Years. So that seems that seems about right. So but I mean that's just a crazy stat to have. That's yeah. like talking about like Greg Popovich making 21 <laughs> straight uh NBA uh, NBA playoffs every every year which is ridiculous. That's I think that record will still stand probably to this day till the end of time I think. But that's another topic for another day. Um but yeah, to me I have the Lakers winning. I don't see I mean don't get me wrong, I love uh Carl Anthony Towns. I love his talent, but I mean I think the Lakers Lakers are just too powerful with LeBron and obviously uh you know having him and having his other teammates, you know, follow him like most players have done when LeBron James is on the teams. Yeah. But I'm 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 going to take the Lakers. Yeah, I mean I'm not a huge Lakers follower or, you know, supporter for that matter. I think they kind of have the easy route most times, you know, they could just bring in free agents, you know, don't have to listen to the draft, you know, trade their players, but I mean, they did a lot of good d- decisions at that trade deadline where they, you know, they deserve that one of those last spots and especially with the drama going on with the Timberwolves, the Pelicans right now, um the Timberwolves being that you know they can't stop punching each other and the <laughs> pelicans being that they don't have zion williamson so, or stephen adams so i don't think that that team really you know brings out the best in the nba <laughs> but uh i mean the lakers probably deserve that spot but i mean they're not going to have any easy road i mean they have a grizzlies team that you know um has john morant returning or if they fall to that um eight seed then they got to play probably the nvp of the league um so I don't know. It's going to be an interesting one. I mean, <laughs> I'm glad it's just us three and, you know, we don't have um, one of them saying. You know, oh, no <laughs> kidding. Yeah. As much as I love to have you here, boys. I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, I think the Lakers do make the playoffs. So, I mean, but also I too. the Suns and the Clippers series, I, that's one of the ones that we know is for sure locked in. I oh, think that's 100%. one of the most interesting ones. To the, the, Another one is, to me, Sacramento and the Warriors. Oh, yeah, that's a locked in oh, one, too. Battle so of that one, I'm looking forward to and that And they played one. each other last week, too. Yeah. I think the Warriors won that one. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, we, freaking we got a little preview, and then, I mean, that's going to be a great matchup. Yeah, scoring right. 55 points in the first quarter. That's freaking... Yeah. I think that was against Portland, but the game before that... Oh, that was in Portland, that, okay. Yeah, the game before that they played, and, oh, yeah, that was a good game. Uh, I got to go with the Lakers in this matchup, just because... Um, uh, Rudy Gobert will be out of this matchup. Yes, due to the one game, due to the altercation that yeah. him and Kyle Anderson slow mo, I like to call, or we like to call him, yeah. uh, had on <laughs> on the bench. So yeah, that's uh, that's tough. You know, yeah. that's that's a that's a huge key blow for them. Um, so that's why I gotta go with the Lakers. No, this understandable, one. understandable. As far as the other side um, with the the Thunder and the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Steven Adams and Zion Williamson aren't coming, 
I don't, it's expected that they won't play the playoffs at all, mm-hmm. even if they do make the playoffs. I got to go with the Thunder in this matchup. Okay. I, I'm going to go with the Thunder as well. I think I think they'll make it to the playoffs, but I the Nuggets, I think, are just oh, going to yeah. just, just manhandle them. The question I have is, do they really want to? I mean... Well, I mean, if you're... That's a, that's a good point to have, because honestly, I think... The Thunder is a very young team, and to me, I think the Pelicans are the more experienced team. Because keep in mind, uh, Brandon Ingram still on, still on this team, still for the Pelicans. But I know the departure of, of I know Zion being hurt, and obviously not having Stephen Adams either doesn't really help matters much. So, but I think I'm I'm gonna go with the Thunder as far as them having young talent. But to me, I think they'll be. I think the th- the Nuggets will demolish them in, in the playoffs i think yeah i mean those young teams that you know barely missed the playoffs i think they're looking at they're, they're looking at this now and they're like why didn't we tank harder you know because <laughs> what's at stake now like the jazz team that's a team that you know at the beginning of the year everyone was hyping up yeah. like oh they started off six and two great stuff or i think it was seven to one mm-hmm. great stuff for them but i mean look at their record now they won 30 games since then and now they're kind of out of the Wembenyama sweepstakes here so <laughs> i mean yeah, I mean, I think this is a Thunder team that if they make the playoffs, you're not going to be too, you know, un- unhappy about it. But, you know, this is a team that, you know, probably doesn't need to make the playoffs at this current moment. You know, keep building draft capital, keep building, you know, a young core. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think the Pelicans, honestly, with Zion's situation, I love Zion. I do, too. He's a uh, he's a great player and a great person. 100%. I yeah. honestly, you know, I hate the situation for him, but I think they use him as trade bait. I think with his whole injury, he hasn't been able to really produce for them. He still has that high-caliber name sure that does. will attract a lot of other uh, organizations. Mm-hmm. I think they use him as trade bait for it. I mean, yeah, I can definitely see a bunch I of teams going for first-rounders. Definitely not a number-one pick, but uh, you know, a first, you know, a few for. Uh, a few first rounders like we saw Dejounte Murray get traded for four. Why can't Zion get traded for four or five? So I, yeah. d- I totally agree. If the Pelicans isn't the right fit, eventually, you know, they could do you know what most teams do and then blow it up and you know tr- start from the bottom again. Yeah, absolutely. So that was the NBA playing tournament. But before we get out of here, we have a special announcement for it's this. We're still going to be in the NBA, but the 2023 yeah. class of the basketball hall of fame has been announced and let me just say this this is start off with the goat start off with the goat name the goat first i'm not gonna name the goat first i'll name him dirk 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 (laughs) nowitzki first first ballot hall of famer right there (laughs) you you've been just waiting to say that you could go ahead and say the next runner-up go ahead and say his name (laughs) <laughs> Wait, which one though? <laughs> There's not one. He should have been number one. Greg Go Popovich. Greg Popovich. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So the basketball hall of fame has been announced. Uh, I'm gonna say Greg Popovich first. I'm sorry, <laughs> Paxton. Greg Popovich. I first. Actually, I'm just gonna start with the Spurs first. Uh, Greg Popovich, <laughs> Tony Parker, Becky Hammond, the San Antonio Silver Stars player, and now assistant co- or now head coach for the Las Vegas Aces. And they actually won a title. So cool. Um, Gas- <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki, Pau Gasol, and Dwayne Wade all are in the Basketball Hall of Fame of 2023. Mm. I mean, this is an elite class. Oh, if you look at is. if you look at everybody, I want for the most part, everyone's on this Hall of Fame class has won a title. Uh, yeah. Everybody has. Dwayne Wade. Saul's won two. Saul's won two. Parker's won five. Becky Hammond. One as a head coach for the Las Vegas Aces, you know, and then Greg Popovich, obviously, with his five rings. Uh, Dirk with his one significant ring that will forever stand as the greatest ring in Dallas Maverick history. 
And then NBA D-way. history. Uh, <laughs> we ain't. Well, no, we're not. Doing, we're not <laughs> digging into much. that. We're not digging into that right now. Yeah. And then D. <laughs> and then Dwayne Wade with LeBron's his eight point showing. Yeah, maybe <laughs> in 2011 it was the best championship. <laughs> Still is. The only other one that I would argue would be 2016, yeah. the three and one comeback. Absolutely. That would be the yeah. only one. Yeah. Well. Oh. Whoa, whoa. Okay. So, dang. So you have Dallas's. I think, yeah, you had the big three, which was unheard of at that point in time. Now it <laughs> seems like every hey, team has a big three. 2014 happened. Oh, Thank my you. Lord. No kidding. Okay, but y'all, oh, I don't want to get into this. <laughs> I don't want to get into this. <laughs> uh, you had an all-star Tony Parker. You had an all-star uh, Monte Ginobili. You had an all-star Tim Duncan. We had Dirk Nowitzki and old literally one year to retire jason kidd and like jj Berea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah jj Berea, the face of the nba oh, and jason, terry, don't forget jason terry oh, oh yeah Jets. jason terry to tyson chandler tyson chandler which he went to the knicks as well sean marion yeah we could have gone back to back but we just got oh my god no uh, that's whatever old, you know it's whatever well i mean y'all did make the playoffs the following years just that we y'all did just got, y'all got eliminated unfortunately but yeah i mean I mean, uh, Greg Popovich actually has been Greggy. able to be a part of the uh, Hall of Fame for quite a while, and he's just been denying it for multiple years. He just doesn't, you know, it, you know, why be a Hall of Fame coach while still in while the still coaching? Yeah, exactly. And and this was one of those years where he finally accepted the honor. And people are, you know, saying that you know this could be you know the beginning of the end for Greg Popovich, meaning to the me, retirement. As but, a, yeah, I mean, as a Spurs fan, I think. I think it probably is this time. I'd hate to be, I hate to admit that because I'm a diehard Spurs fan. I'll be a forever a Spurs fan to the day I die. But I mean, if you look at just the amount of years he's coached, not only for the NBA, but also around the Olympics, I mean, that says a lot. And I, I to me, I think to me it's his time yeah i mean but i see i I, uh i saw something with tom petrini who's like a writer for pound the rock which is like a big spurs um spurs blog essentially Mm -hmm. and he asked he didn't want to ask him directly if he was retiring but he asked him you know uh, what are you going to miss the most? And Pop's like, I'm not going to miss anything. I mean, you just got to move on to the next thing, which mm-hmm. the next thing is the draft. So I think, you know, he really has his vision on this NBA draft and, you know, next season. So I think that's a good thing for Spurs fans who are, you know, wanting Greg Popovich to stick around. I, I think he's here to stay a little bit longer. I think that the Hall of Fame thing does have implications of, you know, him saying, you know, my time's coming sooner rather than later. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that he's probably going to be around a little longer for the Spurs fans who are skeptical. That's that's fair, and I can I can probably... I can probably agree with that because, you know, I think if you look at, I don't, I don't like spilling about the Spurs a lot, but, um, but if you just if you look at Greg Popovich's, you know, career and just resume, he is co- not only you know coached great players, but look at all the assistants his he has had over the years. I mean, if you go back to, you know, Steve Kerr at one point, Mike Budenholzer as well. I mean, I mean, he's literally had great. You know, and then Becky Hammond, Becky Hammond yeah. as well. He's uh, I may, and then the guy who just went to Utah. I forget his name. Oh, um, Will Hardy. Will Hardy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Quinn Snyder. Everyone. at one. Uh, and I think what's his name at, at Sacramento got a few years under. Oh, his Mike belt. Brown. Mike yep. Brown. Did mm-hmm. get a few years yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's literally passed on the torch for you know unbelievable great great coaches in this league, and he's the Nick Saban of the NBA. I would. Oh, well, as I, far as that, exp- like, like giving everyone. Experience. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Well, I mean, unless if you're, <laughs> unless if you're uh, Brian Hoyer, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, not Brian Hoyer. Excuse me. Um, what was that head coach's name? Uh, that coached Houston Texans. Oh, oh, Bill, oh. Bill O'Brien. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Except Bill, uh, 
Bill O'Brien. <laughs> I was thinking more like the Kirby Smart, the yeah, Lane Kiffin. Okay. <laughs> fix Bill O'Brien. Yeah, no, you can't. Uh, I hate what he's done to the Houston franchise. Ooh, but that's that, another topic. That's another topic, but we don't mention Houston. Right? But I mean, it makes sense and stuff. I think I think it's because I'm not. A, I don't understand why people really don't like Nick Saban because obviously Nick Saban has done a lot in his his time just around football altogether. But it makes sense about him comparing him to Popovich because Pop has always done. You know, outstanding job with not only his 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 uh, coaching assistants, but also with his players as well. So I mean, obviously, the Hall of Fame class of twenty thirty to me, I think it's it's well it's well deserved, and I honestly think that uh, you know there's going to be a uh, excuse me. I think the next couple of classes in the next couple of years, I think are going to be even more stronger. I mean, mm-hmm. I think no don't get me wrong, this class is really strong, but just looking ahead to. Uh, just the next few years, obviously, some of the players that, you know, obviously, you, Paxton, and UJP, we've all grown up, you know, watching are eventually going to be in the Hall of Fame eventually. And, you know, it's just it's going to be a, old. No, <laughs> and that's not what I'm saying. No, that's I'm not saying that. It's just, you know, the you know, the players that, you know, we've watched are now trying to make their name and, you know, in the basketball Hall of Fame. And, you know, I guess you could say our childhood is like going away you could say right uh, now we're getting too simple <laughs> uh, tears are falling on the mics <laughs> <laughs> that was for 2016 for me when tim duncan retired so oh uh, that hurt that hurt well that actually exciting. i mean <laughs> I'm just kidding. stop you know tim duncan owned dirk you know that no we what don't, do you mean? We no. don't talk about that uh, i will say though how y'all felt about that that's how i felt about dirk that was it was sad uh, but it was also exciting because we we had Luca. True, y'all y'all. I mean, who did y'all have after? Kawhi? Was y'all Kawhi. did have Kawhi or did was he yeah, gone? No, it was no, he was still there. Yeah, Kawhi was still there because oh, we should have won twenty seventeen. Yeah, really should have. Ooh, we should have because we had Parker. We had you know Manu. Aldridge was still there. Gasol was the like last edition. Dejounte on the bench. Dejounte was. But you didn't have Kevin Durant with the Golden State. Okay, you know what? He technically okay. Look, he really honestly didn't. Dude, Zaza Pachulia. Enough said. Yeah. Enough said. Thank you. Yeah, but <laughs> man, that was oh, that was tough, man. That was that was that was a rough, rough playoff playoff year. But that is gonna do it for us here on this latest edition of Claws to the Wall. You can catch their new episode of Claws to the Wall on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. Also, be sure to follow KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for more live updates and sports coverage. For J.P. Flanagan and Paxton Graff, I'm Kobe Jackson. Wish you all a very happy Tuesday, happy Tuesday, and have a great rest of your weekend and great week as we're kind of closing to the end of the semester. So you guys have a wonderful day.